Warning, the following podcast contains adult language and childish comedy. Listener discretion is advised. And now, please adjust your headphone volume to an unreasonable level and enjoy the most dynamic and electrifyingly entertaining podcast ever to conquer cyberspace. This is Amish Baby Machine. Hello, friends, and welcome to the most powerful podcast ever created, the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast, starring me, Dags. Today, before we get into the show, I want you to make sure you help us out. Check out our merch, AmishBabyMachine.com. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at AmishBMachine. Follow us on Instagram, like our Facebook page, and whatever you use to listen to our podcast, make sure you leave a review. A five-star review is the best review and it will unlock the secrets to the universe. Also, a great way to support this podcast is through Patreon, patreon.com. Links also on amishbabymachine.com. And now, prepare yourself for the most powerful retro collective ever created, Nitrowave TC. Tonight, we have powerful members, Unholy Rat King and North Innsbruck. Welcome to the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. Hey, it's the Unholy Rat King. Hey, this is North Innsbruck representing Nitrowave TC tonight. <laughs> Good to be here. Powerful. I'm getting deja vu for some reason. Powerful. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Whoa. Now, you guys are a powerful <laughs> retro collective of Retrowave Synthwave. Tell the fans a flock of Amish. What is synthwave? What is retrowave? So a lot of it is like synthwave has to do with, uh, you know, kind of throwback to the 80s synthesizer soundtracks, your John Carpenters. Uh, there we go. Stuff like that. And, uh, you know, retrowave. So kind of like the majority of the artists, really what we're doing is doing something retro, be it video game type music. Um, movie score type music yeah basically what what so many of us are doing right now is we're digging back into those the sounds the synthesizers the different tools the the timbres that you you remember hearing that you're growing up with and uh, we're using those, those to build melodies bass lines uh really orchestras of sorts depending on the artist the musician and uh, it's turning out to create some pretty pretty awesome sounding stuff to to say the least did you enjoy my intro i did that on the phone that was we were both sitting here in awe as we started playing. I mean, it was awesome. God bless. Hey, we're going to recruit you pretty quick. But yeah. to tell you the truth, that <laughs> that was uh, digital. You guys need to be analog, correct? <laughs> hey, we'll we'll take it any way it's coming. I'll tell you, <laughs> digital analog. Yes. Tell us what's the difference between analog and digital music when it comes to synthesizers. Excellent. You know, you've got. Well, actually, I'll, I'll kind of take the analog piece if you want to, yeah, that king will step on the digital. As far as analog goes, really what we're talking about here, these are a lot of the old synthesizers that, that you're used to hearing that, that came up like 
Earlier, Rat King was talking about John Carpenter, for example. These are those old keyboards that are full of microchips where you press the computer and that electrical signal is actually turned into a sound through a series of processes. Pretty amazing, these voices, the different things that people were able to do simply by bending electricity and pushing it through a speaker. Um, really something. And that's kind of a real brief description of the analog side. Um, what about the digital side, though, King? Uh, digital has a lot more to do with, I don't even know what, what's the difference between the digital side. Computers, like we're kind of like the DST, maybe some more of the software side of it as well that people have got going on. Right now, that's something I haven't really taken much of a dive into myself, but there's um, there's a whole other side of synthesis going on where we're able to emulate a lot of these old sounds through computers. And so uh, by doing that, um, we're able to match a lot of the sounds, not, you know, depending on, on, I mean, there's some opinion there, I guess, from one side to the other. I would say the sounds get pretty, pretty darn close, if not almost exact, um, to the analog. But there are people out there who say that the analog signal coming from the old microchips really builds kind of a warmer, a bit more full sound that uh, that people are drawn back to. So it's kind of like the, the argument digital music versus uh, analog vinyl records? Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's kind of it. I mean, I remember people saying how tapes and records were different, you know, from one another or CDs. And there's all these different types of sound qualities. And it really depends on maybe to a certain degree as an artist, what it is that you're looking for, what you want to achieve with the sound. Well, it reminds me of, of, of art to drawing. Like if you want to, some people get into photorealism, but you reach a point where why don't you just do a Xerox copy of it versus the artist's interpretation of it it doesn't have to look exactly like it, but it's your feeling of what you saw and you expressed it, you know, that way through music versus just like you were saying, digitally perfect the sound of the analog system. So sometimes, even though it's not perfect, it has that, that quality that the artist breathes into it, not just some, you know, carbon copy of it. Right, exactly. And a lot of it too is like um, some people use, you know, strictly computers. They don't even use any outboard or analog synthesizers themselves, you know. Um, some people do a combination. They do some synthesizers and some just straight VSTs or programs that they're using. Um, so it's you kind of get a lot of different people that are, you know, they come from a, a, a... They're using a bunch of different tools to make this stuff. We talk about music, you know... Um, creating the music and making it sound exact, but what do you think of the imperfections, like the glitches? I mean, doesn't that give the music some soul? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. All right, so here's an interesting story that comes along with that. Over the last year since, uh, so actually August um, 2018, I started working with a Swedish producer. He goes by the name of Magnavolt, and uh, we're working together. Now, all of my equipment that I've had worked with up to this point is that old analog stuff again. So I've got the quarter-inch instrument cables going into it. Now, everything that Magnavolt uh, was working on was the VST, so these uh, computer applications. And so I was sending music his way to, to work on, to edit, to to piece together to become a song. One thing that I realized as I was sending this music off to him was that there were things like background static sometimes or small snaps or crackles, um, different kind of artifacts that were left in those tracks as, as a result of having um, analog equipment. Now, to, to me, I thought that those imperfections were, 
I guess, a bad thing. But um, what was really fascinating was the flip side of it. Now, working with somebody who's used to all digital, they only ever received completely clean sounds. And so as I pushed those files over to him, as opposed to him saying, yeah, you got to do something about that buzz or that snap that I hear in this track, his flip take was, wow, that's not even possible with with the equipment that I'm using. And I have to add that artificially later if I want that to sound in that way in a certain song. And so again, it's almost like you said a minute ago, like you know, digital versus uh, vinyl record, um, they have different qualities. And so what is it that you're looking for as a listener to a certain degree or an artist? You know, it also reminds me of Max Headroom. He had those powerful glitches in the video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yes. As a lot of life. No, and and also, yeah, it's the whole holistic thing. Like if you, it's kind of like booze. If you drink a beer that's naturally fermented versus distilling just the alcohol out of it, you're taking a lot of the soul out. So it is kind of cool to have all that. Like you're saying, the glitches, the buzzes, the feedback, it kind of enriches the music. Yeah, 100%. I mean, one of the things that I can say Rat King does that is really unique with, is with his setup. And I had, you know, I kind of give you a second to explain what you're doing that's even a bit more, you know, kind of different out there than what we've even talked about up to this point. I, so I have the Game Boys, um, and one of them I put in like a backlight and then I kind of screwed it up. So the screen's broken, which sucks, but. It turns green and it lights up, so that's cool. Um, but then the other one I took and I, I basically circuit bent uh, in a potentiometer so I can change the clock speed on it. So if you have uh, something that you've recorded, um, there's a program called LSBJ for making like chip tune and Game Boy music. Um, you can you know change the speed of the song on the fly or if you put just like you can put Tetris right in there and, you know, turn on Tetris and, and press play and then you can speed it up or slow it down. So it's pretty interesting. I guess pretty glitchy and noisy. Now explain to us chip tune. Is that the same as eight bit? Yeah, there's a lot of different stuff. Uh, like I know some people strictly use LSDJ and like the game boy and like eight bit. Um, some people go like your 16 bit type systems. Um, I know that there's certain, I haven't played with them at all, but there's certain things where you can, uh, I think it's called like a super, super Nintendo or something like that. But it's oh, something interesting. Like, yeah. So you can like basically plug it, plug a cart into like your super Nintendo and make music that way. So there's a lot of different stuff and that you can also find like just trackers, um, which I haven't, I haven't messed with either, but that's kind of that same line. It's just a program that tries to emulate that type of sound. Now, I don't know if you guys know, but I am a pioneer in Amish wave and Amish core. I, uh, (laughs) one of my, uh, yeah, this is true. And one of my, uh, powerful (laughs) songs in Amish core was back, back that buggy up. Very popular. (laughs) It sounds like a banger. Oh, it was sick, dude. So, so tell me, (laughs) so tell me, we, we talked about retro wave. We talked about synth wave. What is dark wave? Uh, yeah, dark wave is, I, you know, I kind of think about all these different waves as a bit of a di- you know, Venn diagram where all these different genres are laying over one another. Um, it, you know, it's, re- it's something that I've personally, I guess, North Innsbruck, I've been listening to a little, it's, it's something that's a bit newer to me, 
I guess, but it, it's really taking a lot of these elements that, that we hear from these old synthesizers and <laughs> cranking it up to 11. Yeah. <laughs> you saw it coming, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, that's it. Using some of these dirty sounds, these bigger sounds, the grinding gears, the sparks, um, you know, some of these less friendly tunes, uh, tones, perhaps is a way to put it. So it's, it's almost like if you could say a, a dark metal twist on the whole synthwave genre, it's pretty rad stuff they're doing right now. So that's where in, industrial would come into your diagram? I would totally, I would give it its own little corner right there and kind of connect dark ways between industrial, I suppose, and some, some sort of goth genre. I'm, I'm sure, you know, you could a few other things in there, but I would put it right down in the same corner of the page without a doubt. Awesome. So I want to know what, uh, what were your influences? Who, who do you like, who are your synth gods? And, 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 and I know influences can be brought all a bunch of different, uh, genres of music, but w- what are some, uh, bands or groups or people that influenced you guys? Uh, you want to go first? Or? Journey. Journey. There we go. Right. I can't, I can't hear the opening of worlds apart without just getting emotional when that, uh, what is he playing that? I think it's a Juno. Oh, it's gotta be Juno when I'm sick. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's like got it up on the wall in the video. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, that sound like when it, when a synthesizer can just hit you right in the stomach when it starts out like that, that's one of the greatest feelings. Um, also Vangelis. I mean, I can't go wrong. If I could, get a cs80 and then it yeah. was uh, oh my gosh yeah. <laughs> those are gorgeous that do you guys remember do you guys remember the original video of van when the uh, chariots of fire uh, just that's so cool it's it's honestly this is the epic stuff that we're talking about you know it, it, it's some of these sounds again it, it's like <laughs> the doors of heaven have opened that, i don't even know how else to put it it's it's Different. Yeah, it is powerful because I remember in the original video, he's got a cigarette and the smoke is just wafting. And then you hear the, yeah, yeah that's awesome. I'm sorry. I interrupted your powerful flow. Keep talking about your influences. No, feeling it, feeling it there. No, I, you know, I mean, I guess kind of the one thing that I wanted to add to that, that whole piece I was really getting excited was, I mean, these electronic instruments, this is something that's uniquely, uniquely ours. Um, without a doubt, not us as a, as a genre of music by any stretch of the imagination, but as globally, um, these are new instruments and, and what's vintage isn't really necessarily that old. I mean, you know, 30 to 40 years. And so, so this is some stuff that's, that's really fresh that hasn't been played with or touched a whole lot up to this point. So we get to do some cool stuff like with the, what, uh, what Rat King, King's doing right now with the Game Boys and really pushing the envelope as to what we've traditionally heard as you know, video game music or chiptune. Now, that's funny you said that because that reminds me of hip-hop where hip-hop is not just rap. It's about the breakdancing. It's about the graffiti art. So yours is about the whole experience. It's about... Uh, you know, you're taking uh, Game Boys and, and uh, tweaking them. You're doing so. I noticed on the artwork. Tell us about the artwork. It, I'm I'm getting a Miami Vice uh, vibe every time I see like different. Uh, <laughs> so I see the purples yeah. and the pinks and the and the triangles and the grids for the graphics. What can you say about that? So we kind of wanted to tie in to a lot of those '80s themes that. Um, you see with a lot of synthwaves, 
uh, artists and, and stuff. But what we really wanted to do is like a lot of them, you see like uh, a fast car or, um, yeah. you know, palm trees and stuff like that. But we wanted to kind of bring it back to we're here. We're a group that's in Minnesota. So we wanted to bring up like the speed, but like the eighties cigarette yeah. speedboat, yeah. And then like, the pine trees so we still wanted to kind of be in that vein but make it distinctly minnesotan at the same time yeah totally i said how about our total oh, shitty winners too <laughs> we tried to avoid that in the image yeah. <laughs> that'll be the winter lineup now um you know and that's one thing just to build on what rat king's saying here is uh and and to what you're mentioning here so these these video games these sounds these old synthesizers we're we're, we're trying to do something beyond beyond making music. We want, we're trying to we're building a culture of, of sorts, and we're we're reconnecting not just with with, the, with kind of with ourselves, but with the with uh, one another within the community itself. And it's something that's bringing us together very very quickly and, and making us actually really close friends. Um, at the same time, what we're seeing is that other people are wanting to be a part of this and that are drawn in, and that's that's what we really want to do. We want to be part of something bigger than ourselves. And we know by working together and pursuing these common goals and doing something we love, this is going to work. And it's really exciting. So are you more of a cult or a gang? <laughs> kind of Amish. <laughs> oh, oh, it's a good crew. It's, it's what about, we've had four meetings. We've lined up three to four different gigs. Um, all of us have, like previously built social media presence as well. So we're bringing individual following as musicians and, um, and unique aspects to what we do. So it's, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, it's, it's a diverse network. I mean, even graphic artists, um, you know, we're trying to connect with some filmmakers as well. So, um, Hey there, anybody listening, reach out to Nitro Wave. We'll work. <laughs> Let's figure out something cool to do. You know what I mean though? It's special. Yeah, and I'm thinking the main reason you did it was for the groupies, right? Well, I'm getting a little old for that now. That just sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> we did it. it. Here's the deal. It all starts because we all hang out in our basements by ourselves and ran out of friends. So we're just figuring out how to talk to one another first. <laughs> basements are powerful. A lot of a lot of gets done in, in the basement. It really does, you know, it can accomplish some real dreams down there. Now, it's, our, our irony aside, it's amazing how many people throughout the world we've both connected with through that type of, you know, internet, computer, whatever you want to call it, connection to the outside world. It's how we met. And how about, when is Disney going to buy you guys? That's what I want to know. <laughs> we'll turn this one over to Rack here. <laughs> we have to, uh, you know, first we need a major all the rights to our entire collective slash cult so uh, yeah, I, I hear they pay well at least so we'll, we'll cash out you can come hang out anytime at the cabin after that so so i want to know about music um music and movies music soundtracks what are some what are some movies that are epic powerful soundtracks in your powerful opinions Ooh. terminator for one like when that opens up and you just get that that sound that was actually what like whatever when i found synthwave uh the artist perturbator had used a quote from the movie terminator one of his tracks that was what actually drew me to coming back and listening i kind of listened to mostly heavy metal growing up and 
um, some heavy metal that like had included synthesizers. So stuff like that always kind of brought me back. But hearing hearing Terminator and being like, oh man, that movie has an amazing, amazing soundtrack. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm kind of stepping in there too a little bit. You definitely, um, as far as me with the North Innsbruck, the whole piece of it was really using a a cinematic retro wave connection to it um, from the beginning. And so one of the things that I did when I was really working on the project initially was I did some research into figuring out what were what were some of these soundtracks that I was really into that I really liked? And um, you know, a key piece that, that um, Rat King had mentioned just a little bit ago was uh, John Carpenter. Um, and so figuring out what were some of these old instruments that, that John Carpenter used, um, you know, some of these other great, great soundtracks and, you know, not necessarily even in individuals that stand out, but, um, I remember the soundtrack for the, uh, it was an eighties slasher film called Chopping Mall that has an insanely cool soundtrack. Um, it's all done on synthesizers, but it's got this like arpeggioed kind of Jamaican synth type of a, 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 a feel to it. So it was just a really cool, unique sound. And so really kind of digging through these different movies, different soundtracks. Um, I mean, even Jaws, seriously, you know, um, it's cool stuff. Uh, the, I, I could talk all night. I better slow no, down. No, no, go ahead. Now. That's why we're here. We're here to talk. Oh. Yeah, I suppose that's the point of this, right? Yes. So, I mean, yeah, without a doubt, even, you know, for people who are, are listeners and trying to figure out what is it that I that I would be interested in checking out. Um, some of the work that certain record labels are doing right now, like Waxwork Records or um, uh, um, Death Waltz Records as well, are doing some beautiful soundtrack work and going back and finding the original reels, the original tapes, um, and, and re-recording and repressing them and coming up with some gorgeous presses on vinyl, different colors, and redoing the artwork as well for these. And so one thing that I think is happening that's had a huge influence on my music going beyond individual directors is almost a, a resurgence of um, retro horror cinema. There, it's almost like a renaissance period right now, it feels like, with the, uh, with the creation and the, the pressing, the rediscovery of these old soundtracks. Um, you know, uh, for example, some of the must stuff I've come across more, more recently that, that I got pretty excited about. Um, oh, geez, I'm close to drawing a blank here at the moment, of course. Um, oh, like this, something more recent, even. Let's go there. The, the soundtrack for... Um, for us, it's just amazing. Uh, it's so dark, so well written. Um, going into some of the earlier stuff outside of um, John Carpenter, um, you know, Friday the Thirteenth again. Some of these key pieces of it. Even you know, um, what did they do with Nightmare on Elm Street? I mean, some of this stuff, like the one, two, Freddy's coming for you. This stuff really hits you and sticks with you. And uh, and looking at that, um, instrument wise, going back to the deep pads, these different synth sounds that that people really. I don't know. For, for me, it's an emotional connection. I don't know how else to put it. Um, it's, it's a deep sound that kind of rattles your bones. And it's, it's something that when you add it right to the recipe, um, creates some truly beautiful things. And so experimentation, visualization. No, that's cool. How do they do that? How do they do that? Like John Carpenter, that bell sound where it goes, you know, they always, Oh my gosh. That is a great question. There's got to be some sort of a like a detuning that he's using on one of his synths. Okay, that makes sense. Kind of just drop it down. Yeah, that maybe I was going to say changing some sort of oscillator, but it's got to be got to be as easy. Well, I say easy, but never is on most synths. Seriously, buttons and knobs everywhere, which is also fun. 
Because that reminds me of uh, Gary Newman. I'm a huge Gary Newman fan. And I've, uh, uh, yes. I, I was lucky mm-hmm. enough to meet him once, one time in downtown Minneapolis before a show. Him and his band were, uh, were uh, actually at a bar, so I just went up to him and bugged him. But it was pretty epic. So I'm, I'm big into That's that. I, awesome. I, uh, I got to see craft work. I love craft work. So I love, I love the old yeah. synth. I like the new stuff. What do you guys think yeah. of more of the pop stuff? Did you like any of the pop new wave synth? No, personally, <laughs> I, it, it really depends because, um, I've all like, I always listen to like dark, heavy metal and stuff like that. Like, I always have really enjoyed like the darker, heavier synth type music. So um, it has to be like, I think for me, a lot of it is uh, like music that's from 80s movies. Like if it's from a movie or TV show uh, and it's like the poppier stuff, that's the kind of stuff. So I have a harder time with like the newer poppy new wave type stuff because I don't have anything to relate it to. Whereas if it was a backing track in a in a movie or something, I, I have that. So it brings that uh, nostalgia back for me. Whereas some of the newer stuff, it's like harder for me personally. No, I, I, I kind of agree. agree How about Lamal from Kaja Gugu? Never ending story. So that you can't get uh, sweeter than that, but you got to admit that's a catchy tune. You know, that's, I think that part of the difference there is like, I love that in the same way I love the soundtrack to like Ninja Guy Den. Um, it, you know, it takes me to a certain place at a certain time. Like, you know, I, I grew up with that movie. I mean, I remember, you know, my dad coming home from the video store on a Saturday and we probably watched it two or three times and I didn't even know what it was. But, <laughs> but going back to that specific kind of connection that you're talking about, is is part of what it was all about. Like I was in the studio um, last. Well, okay, today is Monday, so it would have been two, Saturday night, and um, this track that I was working on slowly started to get to come together. And and as it did, I I I can't necessarily like it to anything like synesthesia, where I see colors, but I can sense certain types of memories or things that start to get drawn from the different sounds as they're coming together. And I know when I'm when that happens that I'm doing what I need to be doing, and it, and it's not always easy. And sometimes it goes multiple songs without that occurring, and um and so that's kind of part of that that high as a as a retro wave musician that I really chase is that that moment in the studio when these different timbres and sounds cross one another, and it gives me that feeling again like I was watching Never Ending Story in my basement as a kid. <laughs> You know what I mean? Big, big stuff. Now, let me ask you about performance because you guys are big about performing your music, not just creating it. So how do you take that passion, those sounds, and what do you do? Do you combine it with light? Do you combine it with uh, images? Do you have ambient video going? or what? what uh, explain to me, flesh out for the listeners, what, what the experience would be like if you, they went to one of your shows. Yeah. So what I do is, is a very different experience from Rat King. We're, we're, again, we're, you know, we're on the same tree of without a doubt, but I, I'm going to turn it over to him to give you an idea what his performance is. And then I can kind of take it again from, from there. So for what I do, so I've, I've really only played the one live show last year, um, down at Atlanta 
There was uh, my friend James, who runs Synthetic, was doing the second year of his synth festival, and I was already on my way, and some musicians had to drop off. So I had told him I would jump on, and I had about a week's notice. So I kind of uh, got as much gear as I could muster and stuff in the two backpacks and went down there. I borrowed uh, one of my buddies, Gregorio Franco, the Dark Sense musician down there. He had a couple of strobe lights that were sound activated. So uh, basically, I, I tried to put on as heavy of a show and kind of, I used to do vocals in like a metal hardcore band. So try to take that kind of aspect and just, as long as I was doing something, you know, I had a synth uh, that is similar to, it's called a pocket operator. It's uh, small like a calculator, but it has more of those like arcade video game type sounds. So I really wanted to do a lot of playing that so I could run around and kind of keep things more interesting than just kind of standing there behind the synth uh, hitting some keys. So as long as there was some sort of visual aspect to it, I know I'd, I'd like to work in some more videos. We've been looking at projectors and things for the future and, yeah, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, so it really is kind of like you're saying, like we're trying to build in the experience more than anything else right now. Um, live shows, I've been in a number of bands over the years as far as performing as a retrowave musician. Um, I've been doing a lot of work actually online through uh, Instagram and, and doing different videos, um, small shows like that, more or less out of my basement. What we're doing with Nitrowave TC is we're actually going to step it into the real world here. And so we've been rehearsing, we've been building up for a while. Um, so like, for example, the different bars, clubs, um, you know, Amsterdam bars coming up. We've got Can Can Wonderland coming in December. Um, Rat King and I are playing uh, December, what is it, 4th? at Barely Brothers Records in the back of the record store. Um, the next weekend, the 11th of uh, October, we're playing at the Hexagon opening for Nick Vivid. Um, so basically what we've been doing, like I said, is we've been rehearsing, we've been working, and uh, we're making this transition now from uh, basement studio musicians with, with the decent catalog and an actual bit of a following into into our world, into our real physical world. And uh, it's a little bit scary. Um, it's something that's new and different, but on the same hand, uh, with the show, we can do stuff like Rat King's talking about here. Um, high energy, powerful, aggressive sets. Um, what I'm going to be doing as well, he mentioned the projector. And uh, so with that, um, I've been working with an artist out of um, out of Austin, Texas, and he's doing some background videos for me right now, some branded stuff, um, kind of the vector grid, you know, kind of retro futuristic stuff. And, you know, cause I'm from up North, of course, uh, he gave me like these cool snowflake effects with, with the band name North Innsbruck behind it, that I'll be inserting in between different types of video clips. So I'll have that playing through the projector, um, you know, certainly traditional lighting as well. Um, but it's going to be a different experience because, in a contrast to what Rat King does on the aggressive side, I could say I, I kind of on the flip side. My my music is a like I said a bit more cinematic, a bit more more dreamy in a sense. Um, you know, it's 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 a true you know it's it's retrowave through and through with a with that softer side, I guess. So more sweeping synth versus the yeah yeah totally it. You know, I'm I'm using a lot of uh, sawtooth 
sound sound waves, and so I like to draw them out, almost like you hear a guitar uh, played. Um, a lot of string sounds, a lot of brass sounds, trumpet sounds at times as well, and and they don't necessarily sound like the trumpet we're used to because some of this comes from the old gear um, versus what Racking's got, you know, creating his sound. And again, I you got to explain that, dudes. You know? Yeah, I don't uh, the. The Game Boys are the oldest piece of equipment that I have. <laughs> I don't uh, I have a Arterio Microbrew, which is, you know, a small semi-analog, uh, but I wanted to get into modular synthesizers eventually, so it has points where you can patch out into a modular synthesizer. So my other synth that I wrote, the majority of my new album on is called the Erica Synth Pico System, so it's like 13 smaller modules that are all hooked up into one uh, little case versus trying to put together a bunch of individual pieces. It all came together and has um, drums and sequencer and filters. So it's, you can still get some of those sounds, but um, like I just like the way a synthesizer sounds. Like it doesn't necessarily, like for me, I don't care that it's not you know, specifically from the 80s. So it's, I just like the way that the synthesizers sound and that you can still kind of fit that vein, but it's something brand new. And, you know, I, I, I like a lot of drum beats. So I try to keep my stuff pretty like drum heavy and, you know, yeah. almost like like going to the club, you know, type stuff. Just like that really pulsating uh, kick drum and stuff just to, you know, keep you dancing. So let me ask you then, that reminds me of EDM. How is your music different from, let's say, today's EDM? I honestly have like the hardest time classifying my music specifically. Uh, and, it, and it actually comes from um, what like a rat king is. So like a rat king is a bunch of rats that are all stuck together by the tail. Um, so I kind of wanted to use that idea when it came to making music so uh, you know putting some aspects of more like EDM um, chip tune you know hip hop um, I think most specifically is I lean pretty heavily on like the video game sounds so even with like my modular synth I might, I'm not using uh, you know a Game Boy and LSDJ but I'm using you know, kind of a sine wave that kind of got that uh, chiptune sound. So it's, it's kind of, as long as I can kind of tie it back to, because I played a lot of video games growing up, is, uh, kind of that video game music sound, but in, like, what different aspects can I use to, to make it, uh, you know, different genres that still kind of fit that. So in the synth wave uh, business, is there a lot of cool beefs like there is in hip-hop? Uh, you know, <laughs> I think it really depends. This is a good question. It depends on the artist and the style. Um, from what I do with synthwave, it's you know my brand of it, I guess the the dream wave. It's it's pretty mellow. It's it's very light on the on the drums. It's you know a lot of 
four beats per measure. Um, it, it's not terribly complicated, but I've got an alternate project that's going on right now. That's it's a dark wave group called local creeps that I, I've got going with these other, um, two other guys from, or one other guy from nitro wave TC, Eric, um, that, uh, he's, he's a class, like classically trained percussionist. And so, um, what I'm getting to do is I'm getting to bring these elements, these, these leads that I've developed as well as some of these pads and backgrounds to these aggressive, nasty, fast drum pieces, drum beats that just do something completely different than what I've ever considered doing. And, um, it's, it's, uh, it's a hell of a lot of fun for lack of better words. It's, it's a blast. Um, and we're going to do something really cool visually with that as well. Um, definitely pulling some of that horror cinema aspect. We'll see what it looks like. I personally, I would love to bring in some corpse paint from like, you know, the Norwegian black metal, but you know, maybe, wow. maybe there's something else out there for us. This is great stuff guys. And I, we're trapped in the eighties here. So we love that on the Amish baby machine pop culture podcast love synth love movies so this is cool how you're bringing everything together you're bringing the artwork the music the feel you're bringing vibes from like you said other projects and uh, we really appreciate you coming into the barn today Uh, this was so much fun today really appreciate the invitation as well uh you know let's stay connected more in the future we're gonna have a ton of cool stuff going on and would definitely like to touch base more without a doubt no this this is is awesome and what i want you to do right now is uh Tell the kids a flock of Amish. Tell them about all your projects, where they can. In this I want you to plug everything. Tell them where they can get a hold of you, where you're going to be performing. Awesome, sounds good. Do you want to get us started, Rat King? Yeah. So, uh, like North Innsbruck had said, our our first show we've got is at Barely Brothers Records over in St. Paul on October 4th from 7 to 9 p.m. Um, so if you haven't been to Barely Brothers, it's a wicked awesome uh, small record shop in St. Paul, Minnesota, uh, just off of Highway 280 and University, again, 7 and 9, October 4th. And then what else we got again? Uh, look it up. Yeah, we, <laughs> we're starting um, to get a, a big list going. We've got the October 11th. Yes, October 11th at the Hex. Yep. So that's uh, with Nick Vivid. He's from New York. He reached out to a couple of us individually, and we were like, uh, well, we all know each other, and so we started reaching out to our group, and we're like, who, who can play this show? Yep. So uh, it was funny that he kind of reached out to a couple of different artists, knowing that you know we are from Minnesota, to find that we all knew each other and were trying to make stuff happen so that he could get a you know good group of people going. Right now, I'm playing that show. North Innsbruck is playing that show. Yep. And then I don't know if mm-hmm. We, I think what we're going to have on top of that is a, we're also going to be pulling some DJs in. And so Kyle from the Two Poor Bastards podcast, who's a really a key piece of all of this, um, he's also a, a, a synthwave maestro of sorts. He's our, he really is like our connoisseur of cool within our organization. So he's going to be doing DJ sets in between the live performances just to keep feeding people some of the music that we're doing here in the Twin Cities with Nitro Wave TC, but also um, what's happening nationally, what's happening internationally. We've got friends all over the place. So so that's happening too. Um, other shows, uh, just the live stuff, Amsterdam over in St. Paul, I got that listed as November 9th. Um, so there we're going to have um, a couple uh, 
actually a few, I should say, live acts. Um, we're going to have Knight Audit there who's going to be stepping up. Um, D-Notive, a very, very well-known local person on the uh, international scale, his, his, um, is performing at that set as well. It's actually going to be a record release for him uh, if things go well. Um, and then we also have the, the big one. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. yeah. So um, when we first met, we met at uh, CanCan Wonderland uh, when – the majority of us finally got to come meet in person. We'd really only interacted on social media. So that's going to be December, uh, December, what is it? December 4th. Yep. December 4th. Um, that's going to, we kind of wanted to put together, um, a bigger show with as many, as many of us as possible. So we've got, uh, galaxy eighties who's on time slaves records. Um, denotive again, uh, both of us are playing, uh, Night Audit is playing that one as well, and Bad and Rad is playing that yep. as well. So that one's going to be a little bit longer. We're going to be in like there's a backstage area. It's got some really cool art. Um, yeah, they did a lot. Of, I don't know what they've got back there, but it's a lot of like neon art that they've made uh, back in this little area that they have their their stage. So it was pretty cool to you know come see. I know that they've got uh, mini golf and arcade games and stuff there too. So it's, it's a pretty cool place. Uh, uh, pretty excited for that one to happen. And then um, absolutely starting to look into 2020. Yeah. In fact, yeah, even 2020, the dates aren't necessarily locked in yet. But uh, whatever the new name is for the Nomad Bar in Minneapolis, we're looking at that in January, February. Um, the Uptown VFW, uh, we're in contact with as well. Um, so we've got some people looking out there in the future as far as live shows. Oh. And when it comes to just releases, music, I mean, Rat King and myself, you can definitely find us both with the Google search. But um, speaking for myself, you can find North Innsbruck on Bandcamp. Please, 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 listeners, go to Bandcamp. Check out North Innsbruck. Um, if you can afford goodwill donations for music, it will be accepted with open arms. Um, but otherwise, seriously, I'm on, I'm on iTunes. So if that's more your thing, if you go to the Apple Store, whatever it is, I'm pretty much anywhere uh, with North Innsbruck through my distributor at this point. So please check it out. Um, how about for you, Rat King? What, where, where can they find you at? Same thing, uh, looking up on Holy Rat King on Bandcamp. Um, I always push Spotify a lot. I know people can't always afford to, to buy music, but um, go stream it. It's a lot of fun. I do that a lot myself. You know, I'll, I'll pick up music when I can afford it, and then I'll go listen to it on Spotify. Um, yeah, that's just looking, looking us up on the internet is, uh, the easiest yeah. way and anywhere you can find our music is going to be picked up. Yeah. Totally. It. And so that, that's kind of the plug for the two of us, but on top of it all, um, the bigger picture is Nitro Wave TC. And I think, you know, that's really why we're a big chunk of why we're here today. Yeah. We want to definitely get a little plug out for ourselves, but what we're doing together right now building this this culture, this retrowave community here in the Twin Cities is what it's all about. Um, we know that we can build, we can have an awesome strategy. We can work our butts off to try and do everything perfectly, but if we don't have a culture, if we don't have people into what it is that we're doing, it doesn't, it's, it doesn't matter. It's not going to have an impact. And so we're thinking bigger than that. We're dreaming bigger because we know even some of those smaller goals, we're going to be able to reach those. So let's push ourselves. Let's see what more we can do. And in the process, we're going to grow. In the process, people are going to find us. And we're going to do some really cool stuff here in the Twin Cities and hopefully beyond in the region. I don't know, maybe the nation. <laughs> 
we'll see. Great job tonight. It was powerful. We got to hear all about synthwave, retrowave, dark wave. And we're going to be hearing more about you guys. We know that. Thanks for coming down to the virtual barn. Yeah. And we'll see you next time, guys. Thank you. Thank you again. Thanks for Take care. And as always, thanks for listening to this powerful podcast. And until next time, you've just enjoyed the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. It is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere else fine podcasts are found. Please support our podcast through Patreon and shop our merch at AmishBabyMachine.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. This has been an Amish Baby Machine production.